Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and a warm Royal Blue welcome to the Everton Fan Podcast. You are listening to The View from the Gladys Street show on the Royal Blue channel. And the theme, or shall I say the general mood of this week's recording, has taken a very different turn to to the one that was expected when the fourth official had raised four minutes remaining on the clock at Goodison Park on Tuesday night. The only two pluses I'm probably going to be able to take from tonight's show is that we have the return to the podcast of Connor Bennett. How are you, you, Connor? All right, Ian, you? I'm good, thank you very much. And we also have the return to the podcast of Gary Callahan. You all right, Gary? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. I'm your host, Ian Kroll, and quite frankly... Lads, I've got no idea where to start, to be honest. Um, do we start with the positives? Do we start with the negatives? Do we just go home and go to the pub <laughs> instead? Um, Connor, we'll start with you first. Just obviously just been chatting a little bit off air there, but just just sum up how you felt after that last night. Or just go go through the time frame <laughs> of what happened for you. Oh, uh, well, as I say, we were 2-0 up and that fourth official board went up. And I, as soon as... Nias goes racing through, as everyone has probably now seen on Twitter, that photo of where the ball's five yards from his body. As soon as he hit the ground, I said, right, come on now, this is over, let's go home. Got out the Gladys Street to beat the rush to Kirkdale, and as soon as I got by the William Hill, went 2-1. And I thought, oh my word, are we, like, what's going on here? Like, they must have just got a consolation, just hit it forward, and they've scored. Ref surely got to blow the whistle. Absolutely didn't hear the noise from the ground, got to the bottom of that road, and it was 2-2, and... The rest of the walk to the station was just absolute. What has just happened there? I genuinely couldn't speak for the next ten minutes. I was like, I tried to ring my dad and say, "What? What have you just seen? Like, what's just happened? What have we just done there?" And he didn't have an answer either. And I just couldn't believe it until I got home and I seen the two goals and I just thought, "That is Evan. Like, how? There's no other team in the country that conceded them two goals in ninety seconds because it was ridiculous." And it's just, just couldn't believe it. Absolutely couldn't believe it. I mean, Gary, only Everton could put on an utter dominant display of football. Okay, when I say dominant, you know, we we were more than enough for our for our win, weren't we? Two nil cruising. You know, four minutes to go. Two minutes, two three minutes into that, we can see two goals. Only Everton could do yeah, that. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's Everton FC. It's surprising and disappointing. Yeah, since eighteen seventy eight, really, isn't it? It's just. It's just typical of, of 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 us for the past few years, really. I mean, even since Martinez was in charge, we've we've been a bit of we've had a soft underbelly, haven't we? And I mean, and the overwhelming feeling at the end of the game was it was disappointment. It was it was you know deflation. It it was like how did we how did we do that? But I think overall, if you wake up the next day and you analyse the performance. There was a lot of positives in there. I know the scoreline and the way the scoreline came about took a lot of shine off the performance, but I think we did quite well, to be honest. Um, you know, we started off quite slow. Um, 
But then we grew into the game, and I think Bernard was picking the ball up and go places. Walcott was picking the ball up and go places. You know, Schneiderlin and Delph were solid, if unspectacular, which is all we can expect from them at the minute, really. Um, I think performance-wise, we, you know, Keane got a goal. That that was a, a positive. Uh, like I, I was thinking about it today, and I was trying to think of of it of the positives, and and the performance was a positive, but. It's 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 a big chance dropped it. I mean, we were eighth, weren't we? I think with yeah. with four today's games, and you know, it, it is a big chance, sort of missed if you like. Yeah. I mean, do you do you agree with that, Connor? Like, can we take positive? Well, obviously, we can't take positives yeah. from the performance, but it it doesn't really mean anything, does it? Because, well, people say that it doesn't mean anything because we, we didn't didn't win the game. Yeah, I think for quite a few number of years now, we've been taking positives out of them sort of results, and as you say, you can take a positive and look like. Obviously, the relief last night when Keane scored was immense. Like, don't, like everyone, I think, was just buzzing for him to finally get the goal. And then Calvert-Lewin finally looking like a goal scorer that we can rely on. And you think that's a really, not perfect Everton performance, but as perfect as we've seen this season. But then to capitulate in such a fashion as that is like, you look at it and think that's just embarrassing. Like, the, like it, it sort of wipes everything that's gone before it out of it. And I think you can... The manager will probably take positives out of it and the most optimistic of fans will pull out and go, well, it's really good for 92 and a half minutes. But if you've still got a minute and a half to play, you've got to be switched on and sorted out and just see it out. Any any other perfect, like, top-level side sees that game out and isn't talking today about, oh, how do we take positives out of throwing away three points in 90 seconds? But as we've said there, we, have, we sort of have to because we're in that position now where it's sort of... Are we really going to go down? Probably not. Are we going to compete for Europe? Mathematically, we can, but performance like that aren't going to... Uh, results like that, sorry, shall I say, aren't going to do it. So do we now just punt this season and hope that we can get to May and then re- reassess and give Ancelotti and Brand the keys to build a team, which he needs because he is so hamstrung at the minute by what by what he's got. Because we've seen with them subs last night, like the Tom Davis as a winger sub does not work. And mm. it, that started under Ferguson against Arsenal, and it's happened two or three times now. It does. It adds barely a centimetre at the minute, so it's not going to work out wide. Bernard is our, with Richarlison, is our best player. Like, he's so clever, so good. He comes off, and fair enough, he did look like he was blowing a bit, and the fans got behind him and gave him a bit of praise, but like, he's got to stay on the path to finish that game off. And in all fairness to that, what was it, like seven or eight minutes left of the game? We haven't got another game for virtually for two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah, it's not right. as if like we've got another game. Saturday and it's not like, and away. it's not even like we brought Anthony Gordon on to give him an extension of what he showed at West Ham last week. We brought Umani Ash on, hmm. like whose contacts up in the end of the season and doesn't need to play for Everton. So it's like not that I'm blaming him, but like it's 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 mind-boggling that that sort of stuff and substitutions are still happening. But that's what that that's the hands and Chelsea's got to work with at the minute. Well, we will come on to the subs, whether they contributed to the downfall or not. But psychologically, Gary, it's a blow, the result, isn't it? But in terms of the performance, can we can we take the confidence from that? How how do you think it's going to play out over the course of the next couple of weeks? I mean, obviously, the, you know, the next the next home games, the next few home games, it's if we get 2-0 up and it goes into the last few minutes, it's, I mean. it's going to be, the crowd are going to be on edge, Andy, which generally fin- filters down to the players. But, I mean, I think Ancelotti said after the game that, you know, these things happen. He was 3-0 up with AC Milan and, and lost the Champions League final. And he said some things in football are out of your control. Um, 
And I agree with them to a point. These things do happen. But I think, especially the second goal, that was not out of our control. Someone should have put their head on the ball and got rid of it. And and then, you know, I know it was pinball in the box, but you know what they're going to do when they get that free kick. They're going to they're gonna hit the angle, try and win the header, and then win the knockdown. Everyone knows what they're going to do. And I know, like, Tom Davies, I think it was, who, who jumped for the header. And, and kind of got it. in Holgate's way, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, it shouldn't. It, should, it shouldn't have been. I'm not blaming Tom Davies, but it sh- he shouldn't have been there in the first place. It should have been Meaner or, or Holgate or someone just needs to do anything with it than let it go where it went, you know what I mean? And, like, you, you can talk about it earlier in the match and, and how we got there, but that's what counted that. We needed an on-the-pitch leader there to, to just clear that ball or kick it out for another corner or whatever. Just don't let them get it into the danger zone, do you know what I mean? Mm. And I think, regardless of that though, as you've just asked in the next few weeks, you know, you go back in, you start training again, and, and as a manager and as players, take the positives out of the performance. I think if we play like that in, in the rest of the season, we'll win more games than we lose, do you know what I mean? As long as if we don't cock it all up at the end. Like, <laughs> But, you know, it doesn't happen very often, does it? I know it's football's a funny game, isn't it? It, it, it can happen to the best teams. And, mm. you know, Newcastle did it to Chelsea the week before as well, didn't they? So I think I, I I would take the positives out of it. I thought we played well. I thought, you know, Newcastle didn't lay a glove on us for, for 92 minutes. They had one header, I think, that went over the bar and a shot, Shah's shot got blocked by his own player. And other than that, they didn't touch mm. us. It was, it, was a, it was a solid, confident 2-0 win up until those crazy two minutes. So I think we can take the positives for the next for the next games. I mean, in terms of the actual second goal, Conor, Gary says that we should have should have been dealt with. We needed a few more leaders, you know, the likes of Mina and stuff like that, as, as mentioned. But do you not think that entire scenario was avoidable in the first place? We had possession of the ball. I was, how did we even get to that point where they've got a free kick on our... Well, on, on, in our from the restart, we kick off, don't yeah, we? Yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking that myself. Like, we, we, if we've conceded, we've got the ball back, so... Why they give, they give it to Delph and he just hoofs it forward. He hasn't given enough time for Dominic Carver-Lewin so or anyone why? to get up the pitch and it just goes straight to them. But why do we not just play around with the back well, 10 exactly. seconds and then when they come on, just hit it forwards? We played into Newcastle's hands. That's By exactly what they wanted. They yeah. wanted a free kick so they it's could hoof, hoof it up and cause chaos in where, the box. Where did, oh, where did Delph's it go? Did it go for the like towards the toe and or more for the goal kick? Because if he just oh, did that... Because you, you left and you yeah, haven't yeah. seen it. So, and none of the highlights have showed it. So what I can remember, we literally kick off. It we literally, as as we kick off, we know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to give it to Delph. He hoofs it forward. I think does it go straight to the keeper, to their keeper? Well, either, either way, it goes. It goes to one of their players. They get it. Um, they've got possession of the ball, and we we follow. See, because in that situation, you're thinking must have been what thirty seconds left of. Stoppage time, something like that. Mm. If we've got to kick off, just play it around the block for 10 exactly. seconds. If they come on to us, drop it in the corner. Don't drop it at the keeper or miss it. Put it in for a throw in as deep as you can. Because by the time you get there, the referee's going to go, right, we've just wasted 20 seconds there. Mm. Either you've got one more roof to get it forward or he's going to blow the whistle. That, if, as I say, if it, I, I haven't seen it because on the highlights I've showed it. But if that's what Delph's done, then that's ridiculous from a player who's meant to be like, who's dealt with them situations before. Exactly. Any any other senior player has got to put the foot on that ball in that situation, just go, let's calm it down now, and then this game's over. We can't mm-hmm. give them the ball back in that situation to give, away exactly a free kick, to give away a free kick in our own half. Even if you're going to do that, you give it to Pickford to give enough time for the strikers exactly. to get up the pitch exactly. and then win something. That's but what I mean. Was, we'd, we'd kept the ball really well throughout the game. Like, 
yeah. I, I know in previous weeks, like people have said that you know Mina and, and Holgate have looked a bit under pressure on the ball and stuff. But I thought we kept the ball really well, and, and it wasn't always centre half to centre half. It was you know Schneider and Delphi were popping it about and then getting it into Bernard and Walcott on on the half turn in their half, and mm. all we had to do was just do that a few more times, just just waste. Like like Connor just said, the last ten thirty seconds. Yeah, N- Newcastle didn't want us to play the ball around the back no. the, because they wouldn't have scored the goal in open play. They had this one striker on the winger on the pitch. I think, and the rest was the f- more or less defensive players. Mm. If they push up and we knock it behind them, the game's gone because mm. they've got to knock it forward. And it was it Al Mirion. He's tiny. Mm. He's not winning a knockdown. Is he against Mina or Hallgate? Absolutely mad. I mean, it's it's hard, isn't it? Because it's ifs and buts and what might have been, but, you know, what's happened has happened. And, you know, we should be talking about, like, Moise Keane's first Everton goal. We should be talking about, like, Bernard's probably man of the match performance and the likes of, very surprisingly, the partnership between Snardlin and Delph, how that kind of flourished throughout the whole game. It was solid. Like, it should have been a, two, a routine yeah. 2-0 win. I mean, let's, let's talk about some positives because we could talk about two minutes of the game for about, you know, an hour, really, couldn't we? Let's talk about Moise Keane and, you know, his first Everton goal. He looked dangerous, didn't he, from the start? I actually said, um, probably about 10 minutes in, I said, I think he's going to score tonight. He had a couple of scuff, he had a scuff shot, didn't he? Not yeah. a scuff shot, he just, oh, yeah. a, a, like, a, a low a low effort. Um, but promising display, Gary, do you no, think? I think it was his best performance so far, to be honest. Um, he showed some really good touches. Um, I think it, the one where Bernard got through when Walcott up Bernard for a bit, he, he, that little flick into Walcott, yeah. he done that a few times, um, like one touch. Um, he, he ran at their defence when he got the ball, he held it up well, he scored, he took his goal really well. Um, yeah, it was it was really promising. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, it was yes. the same with Calvert-Lewin. I, I'm not fully convinced on him either, but, you know, Ancelotti said after the game he did everything he asked him to, and, and he did look more the part and, and more the player that we signed and, and run around like a bit of a headless chicken like he has done in a couple of games. So yeah. it was it was promising. Yeah, it was, I, w- I gave him my man of the match, to be honest. To Keane, yeah? Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, Connor, has that rejuvenated the idea that he can't be su- su- successful at Everton? Just that display? I, I I don't think... I've never wavered in thinking he's going to be decent. I know a lot of people have, but I, he, he, he's he got something. Yeah. Like, even when like, he had them weird performances, I always think, like, Bob, maybe United, he's shown that he's... There's, there's a player there and last night he, he terrorised them for about 30 minutes like that one where um, he picked it up inside the halfway line beat two and then turned and he won a foul and you're just thinking right this is going to be his night now like this is a perfect time where he gets one maybe he gets two that one where Walcott flashed it across the box and he was just in behind and I thought maybe the chance has gone for him that was early on wasn't it yeah yeah when that happened though when he missed it it went past, it went past we him and Calvert Lewin yeah. I, I thought the exact same thing this is, is going to be one of them nights and then his goal isn't the greatest. We'll, ne- we'll not talk about... He nearly, he's nearly messed it up himself. We'll, we'll he not, did scuff it. <laughs> we'll not talk about it for goal this season, contention, but like I said to my mate, he's one of them players who I think just needs to see the ball at the back of the net. And once he does, he's confident. I don't... like You see him on like Twitter and like Instagram, like he still looks like he's enjoying his game. It just seems like he needed a goal. And as we said, he's coming... like He's starting to show a bit more promise. I still think he looks like... There's not there's not a negative thing because when you're 19, you know you're only young, aren't you? But he still looks immature in the way he walks, in the way yeah. he, like he carries himself. Like I don't know whether it was because he was tired, but like 
they're not yeah, like his arms of, like, like he's, your, he is, yeah. he's awkward yeah. isn't he it's, yeah I, awkward I think, definitely I think definitely I mean I can't say this for sure but I think fitness is probably yeah he, he, he does struggles. look to tire towards the end yeah. of the games like you see Calvert-Lewin chasing the defenders and closing them down and mm. you know he's getting there and, and I think Keane's a bit like bit, you know He's a bit laboured in it towards the end, and you think that yeah. definitely affects Still him. Still looks like he's growing into like his body. That's as well. what I mean, though. Like, like it's, it's too big for him, or not big enough. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't, he's I don't not. He's not like gangly or anything like that. But yeah. he's just like because he's not massively tall, is he? No, yeah. no. That, that's what I, I was. I'm thinking that like if maybe that's got something to do with his fitness issue. Not like some like kind of chibi was always like that. Like yeah, I think when he was growing with another striker option as well though because I think yeah. when Silva was there he was either out on the wing or up front on his own wasn't he and yeah. I think playing with Calvert-Lewin you know he's only a young lad himself they're probably like you know pretty similar aren't they you know, yeah. I don't mean as footballers but probably you know similar experiences coming with the youth teams into the first teams and stuff so yeah. it probably helps playing with someone like that who's like sort of I don't know of a mate but you know he could be sort of mates do you know what I mean seem to have a bit more of understanding last night compared to the past few weeks Definitely, as well yeah. Whereas Calvert Lewin struck up a partnership with Richardson last night, him and Keane linked up pretty well and probably could have helped each other for two or three. I mean, no wonder he was knackered after goal. He must have done about five different celebrations <laughs> in one. You see that? Yeah. Fair play to him, though. Um, pretty didn't count for five, wasn't it? I know. I mean, there was plenty of contenders for man of the match. I mean, I, I thought Morgan Stadlin was very, very close to man of the match. I thought that was one of his best performances. He showed a bit of emotion at one point, didn't he? Did, did he? he shouting at him? No. I think it was Walcott or Sidibe because he did didn't he? come close enough when he was trying to pass one to him and I was like, bloody hell. He played a he couple cares. of nice through balls or yeah. over the top balls which yeah, yeah. worked as well. Yeah. Well, that's it. I, th- I thought him and Delph in the first half, they were probably maybe a little bit too deep. Yeah. But then as the, the half went on, they, they were they were taking the ball off, off the Newcastle midfielders in their own half or you know, turning and, and getting it forward quick and, and I like the way Walcott and Bernard were, were picking it up on the half turn and, and, and running at their defence and, and that's what you want. That's what you'd associate more with like say Andre Gomez or something like that. But it's good to see Delphin Snyderland doing that because that's what we signed Snyderland for in the first place, wasn't it? So I've always said like it sounds like a bit ridiculous, but Snyderland plays well when it's going well, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So but is it going well because he's playing well? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It's it's like the balance. I don't know. I'm not saying he was like, mm. like the whole catalyst for our performance last night, but it seems to to be that he was, you know, a big part of it. Do you see? Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I thought he played quite well. Uh, I thought he played. Much. Why why can't he do this every game? I, I don't. That's the curious case of Morgan Schneiderlin, isn't it? <laughs> like he's he's an enigma in in himself. And as I was going to say, then like he played. I thought out of him and Delphi was the standout of the two. He but was the one who was making to look like things that, were that's happening. A, when you said then about them over the top balls, he played two or three to Keane, where it was just, he did it, he dropped two behind or just two in front. He had one to Walcott, I think it was, in the first half. That was just like about half a yard out of his reach, and if Walcott taps it first time, it's, I think it might have been 1-0 at that point. But he played really well. But I think standout was Bernard. I don't think, I think he was by far and away our man of the match last night. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Again, like he finds pockets of space that no one else in our team can. He drops in so well off the left hand side, and Dinier's not playing well, like superb this season. But he's still a shining light at the minute for me. Like he, one, with Richarlison out, he's our best player. Yeah, by far. I mean, Dean, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you're just expecting a lot from him. I think expectations are quite high, aren't they, with him at the but minute? To be f- to be fair to him, like he played well last night. He didn't play terribly, but for what we seen last season, he's obviously dropped off quite a bit, hasn't he? Mm. I think him and Sadibi both played well yesterday. They were both getting, getting, like I said, I think the the performance for me, I was really happy with it. Like, 
I, I thought everyone, like you can see a game plan, you can see what they were trying to do. And like I say, Walcott was spinning in behind a few times early on and Bernard coming in from the left was a really good idea. I think he, he picked the ball up in, in between the, the midfield and the defence and, you know, Schneiderlin was picking them out and, and, and Delph every now and then was picking them out as mm. well. And I, I, the results just took a whole, the whole shine off the performance. Um, but I thought as a team, to a man, Everyone played well, to be honest. I mean, I, I gave it to Keane, me man of the match, because obviously he scored, and I think, you know, he, he stood out his effort and, and that. But it's just, it's just like I know we're not supposed to be talking about that now, but them last two minutes just can't do talk about it. It's it's good therapy. They, they just <laughs> took the, the the whole shine off of what I thought was was a really promising performance. Mm. Um, I can't really ask you about this because he's uh, he's missed it, didn't you? The, Obviously the goals, but Pickford's coming for some criticism, hasn't he? Is it is it justified or I suppose if you if you missed the I think he's I, I mean I haven't seen him, but I think he's getting made out to be a bit of a scapegoat at the minute. To be honest, Pickford. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was that much to blame for the for the goal in the derby, and and then a lot of people yeah like would disagree. Yeah, with I I agree with that. I don't think it was just that was just a really good goal. Yeah, I think I think he gets made as a bit of I mean the the, the second goal it's it's pinging all over the place, isn't it? I mean he shouldn't probably shouldn't have been so far behind the, the line when when he's when he's tried to stop the second one, but it was just mayhem, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? There was arms and legs and feet everywhere. I don't think you can. I would personally for the second goal, I, I would blame Tom Davis more than I would. It's a um, half-hearted jump, Pickford, isn't yeah, cause it? Because he he sort of mistimes it, and then and then he doesn't really do anything to correct the fact that he hasn't added the ball. You know what I mean? But like I said, I don't think Tom Davies should have been there in the first place. It should have been someone who's a bit better in the air, to be honest. Yeah. Since that derby and the City game where Pickford let the I think the his use goals were pretty soft, to be honest. Like the one went near post and that he's played pretty well. Like he had that save last week against West Ham. He could probably bit bit routine compared to like. Though he's someone making out to be, but he's played pretty well. But he sort of like now where he he's gonna play well because he need, he needs to solidify his spot for the Euros. You know what I mean? That's gonna benefit us. But he still has lingering problems that have been there for a while. And I'm a big Jordan Pickford fan, but if he makes another one or two like absolutely brain fart errors before the end of the season, we do need to have a conversation about can we turn his whatever comes in the summer in the Euros because he'll probably play well for England. He, t- he seems to knock his performances up a level for the national team. Can we, say, turn that into 45, 50 million pounds and say, right, we're going to let you go now mm. to show that you can play for someone bigger and we'll, we'll we'll replace him. But then I think about it and I look at the bench. I don't want to see Martin Stachelberg play. I've seen that enough times. He, he's awful. And Jonas Lossel, like, what a mad transfer. Because he was coming it to, one, he it? came in to be the number two, and it's like found himself in and out as the backup rotation. And you're not, you neither of them inspire confidence at the minute to say, well, let's drop Pickford for two weeks and see how it gets on. Yeah, I think I agree with that. But I don't he know. He hasn't got much competition. Has he? It was no. like it was the same with Coleman until Sadibi came in. He, there was no competition for his place. And I think when Coleman plays now, I think he plays better because he knows that he's got a chance. Get back in the team, or mm. you know, put a, put a show on when he when he plays. Um, and yeah, it's the same with Pickford. Like if he had some competition or more competition, maybe he'd be a bit more like, you know, I've got a fighting place here. But then, do you really want to buy another twenty, thirty million pound goalkeeper just to sit him on the bench all the time? I mean, we never. I don't think we'll ever get a profit from from the money that we paid him. Who's gonna? I, I that's why I mean. I think this is like if you're gonna do it, it needs to be say this summer where. 
if he plays well for England, someone will buy into the fact that he's played well for England. Right. That's what, that's that's the only reason, the only way I can see him being sold for profit, because what thirty million pound was it at the time? It's going to be after he's put England to the semi-finals of the Euros or something with two spectacular saves. I mean, the only team I could really. I, I can't think of anyone in, in this league to sell to be, maybe Chelsea. Chelsea United. I don't know if the is having a bad time of it. Maybe they're the only two, but abroad is a different question, isn't it? Because mm. the other keepers, who's Arsenal's keeper? Leno. Ben Leno, yeah. I suppose they might consider. Yeah, maybe he can play with a bit carny compared to what mm. they've got. It's a tough one. I, I've always said I, I like Pickford and I don't, I, I'm not criticising him. I think he's, he's a really good shot stopper. He's, you know, He's got quality. I do think he is slightly erratic and he's quite immature in the way he goes about. Sometimes I just think the honour of having England's number one keeper, I don't think it really, it, it, it exists, but do we really need England's number one keeper? The pressure of it, of like the microscope on, on, on Pickford, yeah, because that's what it is, isn't it? Sometimes being England's number one doesn't necessarily mean that much, because, you yeah. know, England aren't that good, really. Yeah. You know it's not I mean? got much competition, let's be honest about it. Um, mm. So, I mean, I don't want to sell him. I don't want to go... I quite like him, I think. You know, he shows a bit of passion on the pitches, and, and, and like, you know, he, he wants to win, and, and he's a bit of a he's a bit of a character, and he, I, I like him. Um, I don't think he's made any sort of re- real m- big, massive mistakes. Um, apart from obviously the derby last year, year. in the derby, yeah, <laughs> which is quite a big one to make, but I, I don't think we'll sell him, and I don't want to sell him to be honest. Hmm. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, you know, as of right now, he is the Everton goalkeeper, yep. and he should stay the Everton goalkeeper yeah. till the end of the season. Because anyone and Ancelotti's come out and backed him, hasn't he? And said that he, he trusts him, and he's you know he's the national team goalkeeper, yeah. and he's not going anywhere. So, so anyone suggesting Lossell or um, Stecklenberg should come in? Um, just go, just, just go back and watch Martin Stecklenberg when he played for Everton week in, week out. And he was just an invisible man at times. Mm. And any shot Adam went in. He did save two penalties against Man City in one match. That's the only highlight that I can think of, to be honest. I, I, I just see that picture of him playing against Valencia in pre-season where the lad hits it from about 25 yards and he's six yards off his line. And he stood there and the ball goes over and he's got about 10 yards of space to it at the back of the net. And he looks, ab- he looks an absolute joke. Is he coaching now? Is he like technically a goalkeeping coach? Well, did you see the thing about... I know his contract's up at the end of the season, isn't it? Koeman added someone called Martin Stecklenberg to his coaching staff in the Dutch team, oh, yeah. and everyone got excited thinking it was actually him, it's and it was him. just some random fella from Holland. But he's got to be, because if he's not the number two, he's got to warm them two up, hasn't he? Hmm. But... Well, we still like you, Jordan, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> did the subs contribute to us conceding two late goals? The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street podcast. What are your thoughts on Angelotti's subs? I don't think they did. I I don't think you can put the blame on on Angelotti for for that the results. I, I when he made the substitutions at the time, I mean, fair enough. I don't think he would have made brought the players on that he brought on if he had more of a choice. But um, you know, Bernard was tiring. Um, I would have took him off. Whether the brought was it Tom Davies came on for him, whether I brought Davies yeah. on, if I had another similar player to um, Bernard, no, I wouldn't. But you know, his his, his hands were tied really, weren't they? And I think did, didn't he ask him on for Walker? Yeah, I would have. I would. I was more than happy with that change. I thought you know, Nias has got a bit of energy. But were, they, were they not just like especially the Bernard and for Davies and Walker and Nias? Were they not just a sub for sub's sake? I don't. I think Walcott and Bernard, they, they were knackered. Yeah. They, they, I think they needed to come off. Um, Bernard, 
I, I agree with Connor. Was really, really, really good. He played really well. He was, I, I think he, he's really, he's right about the space he finds and the pockets he fit, he gets into. But he he was done. His, his his race was run. Do you know what I mean? And I think Walcott when he went up front with Calvert, he, he, he didn't have. He, I mean, he didn't have much impact on the game in a. But it, it waned even more once mm. he went up front. And I think I I think he was right to to bring the ass on for him. I don't think that con- that contributed to Newcastle getting back in the game if you like because I don't think they did get back in the game. They just Somehow managed to score two yeah, goals. Yeah, you know, like I, I think apart from five minutes at the end of the first half, they, they weren't in the game at all. It wasn't like the pressure was mounting and mounting. You think, oh, this is coming, this. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I don't think the substitutes affected the fact that Newcastle scored two goals. I mean, the only reason I'm really bringing it up, I'm not questioning Angelotti. I would, I would never do that. I just think after the Brighton game. I felt like after the subs Angelotti made, we we let Brighton back in the game slightly more so than we did with Newcastle. I felt like Newcastle still didn't look like they were going to score when we made those subs. That's but Brighton six defenders on the park. No, exactly. But the Brighton game, I felt like actually they, they did look like they were going to yeah. score when we made those subs. I thought the Bernard one, if you can remember back, the Bernard sub against Brighton was a strange one for yeah. me. Um, so I just I just a little bit concerned that it could become a common theme of. Like you said before, Tom Davis on the left. Like, what's that? What is that about? I, Not a left midfielder no. whatsoever. As I, 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 you said before, there with the change of his changes, sake, I think so because there was at one point where Holgate was holding his hamstring and it looked like he was going to come off for Michael Keane. Yeah, but I was thinking, all right, so if you're going to make the change, then bring Keane on and just solidify it now. And even if they have that one attempt where they get it long, you've got three centre half to deal with it. And if they get a corner late as they did, you've got three centre half to match up against their three or four centre-halves, you know what I mean? But, as I said, as I said earlier, like, he make, he's only got a limited hand to deal with, but, I, I still think Anthony Gordon should have came on and just give him 10, 15 minutes towards the end to just show what he had against West Ham. Because, if you bring a, like, the, like Davis as a winger, it doesn't work because, the team then can then push up on that side, can't he? Because he's not gonna he he can't beat anyone breaking away on, on the wing. Like he's just not quick. He showed that when he started to turn around um their full back and went down and give away a free kick like five or six minutes after he come on. So you bring a winger on, they've still got to respect the fact that they there's an attacking player in the park. So I think that should have been the sub and then but you can bring Davis on as a centre mid to put his foot on the wall with them too and then just change it to a four five one or a five four one with Keane or Davis or whatever in Calvert-Lewin Umani Ash will never be the sub to make especially 2-0 up you don't need to bring a strike on a 2-0 up I mean someone behind me don't know who it was but I just heard oh, why is he bringing him on and then the lad that was mate next to him was like oh, I was probably putting him in the shot window this is a 2-0 obviously Some, was- yeah I the exact same shot behind me like he's in the shot window but he's, he's got four months left on his contract what, how much more does he need to be in the shot window <laughs> Marcel Brand said at our AGM we are looking to a solution for you Marnie Ash hmm. if that's not in the shot window what is he doesn't need to play forever I suppose if he'd scored the goal like to make it 3-0 people might oh, take a chance on him in January or something like that I don't know I, I don't know I, I just I, I understand where, where, where you're coming from but like I don't think Umani Ash had a direct impact yeah. on Newcastle yeah, he's not scores, not like to blame, but it's just it's just ma- it's just mm. maddening, isn't it? I, I don't think like it's not. It you just look at games. the you look, when it when something like that happens. There's obviously fans are like, right, whose fault was that? We're blaming yeah. someone. So you know, you, Pickford's taking the brunt of it. Davis is taking a lot of it. Then you look at Delph. I'm, my, me, I'm, I'm looking at Delph more than I'm looking yeah. at Pickford. And um, 
and Davis. I think just you look at the subs and say, well, how did that contribute to us not winning yeah, that yeah. game? That's what I mean. Probably didn't as much, but if Bernard and Walcott had stayed on the pitch, would that what result had stayed two 0 We'll never know now, will we? It's just it is just one of them. It's like maybe Ancelotti's right. Sometimes there's things happen in football that you just can't control. I was, I mean, that was one of the worst endings to the game I've ever been at a club. It was worse than the bar one a few years ago. If you remember that, the which one? The Denver bar one against Newcastle, where we scored that and the Chibi scored it, and they went the other end and oh, scored. Yeah. It was worse than that. It reminded me of um, I forgot about that one, but it reminded me when we played Norwich under Moyes years ago, and uh, Basong scored. But oh, it, it, he God, literally yeah. that goal was because Moyes made a stupid substitution where he brought another defender on. And like everyone was like, Wait, where am I playing? Where am I playing? Basong scored. From a corner, weren't it? I think it was from a corner, yeah. yeah. It was a while ago. I just remember yeah. being deflated from that game and the exact same feeling. I mean, expectations now, Gary. Like, We've gone from 8th to 12th in a matter of minutes. We've gone from <laughs> 2 points off 5th to only still 4 points off 5th, really. Um do you think expectations have now been, from your point of view anyway, diminished for European qualification or are we still very much in the hunt? Obviously, mathematically, we can still do it, but... You, I never expected us to get into Europe anyway, to be honest. I know, I know, like, we had a few good results and people were like, oh, you know, we're back in the chase for Europe now, but I never really expected us to get into Europe anyway. I just... We, we just need to have a, a strong, strong finish to the season and... and Take aside those crazy two minutes. L- look at the performance. All right, it wasn't perfect, but there's a lot to build on there. And my expectations haven't been like dampened at all. Really, I I still think we can have a strong finish to the season. I mean, obviously, it's it could affect the players. Could affect. It's gonna affect the fans. But you know, go back in and and go again. Do you know what I mean? Do what we did for for ninety three and a half minutes or whatever it was. Mm. And in the next game and alright Watford have done half, half well lately but there's no reason why we can't go there and, and win and then you know it, it's all forgo- Newcastle's forgotten about then isn't it and, and we, we kick on and go again I I, I I was happy I wasn't happy with the result but I was happy with the performance and I think we can use that and, and, and move on mm. What are your thoughts on it Connor? Yeah um, as you say mathematically can finish anywhere from about 4th like 8th like 16th it's mad, like how choppy the middle of the park is at the minute. Last night, I say, like just a blow for me. But if we go to Watford in a week and a half time, whenever it is, and get a result there, then you're thinking, all right, well now we're so and so off fifth again, and you're looking and thinking, well we've got like Palace after that, and then we've like Chelsea, United, Arsenal, and a few runs, but they're not the teams that blew, have blown us away in years past, are they? Yeah. So I, I still think we can. We need to have it. We need to. We just have to have a strong end to the season because there's no cup to play for, is there? So you you still need to like have something to set set your set your got uh, set us a target and then work off on the summer. Because then we say we do finish fifth and get in Europe or someone wins the FA Cup and it drops down to sixth or seventh. However, it works these days, and you're looking at like thinking, right, fair enough, we're in the Europa League and we've got to play four games while we're in the group stage. But let's do that because then it helps signing players, doesn't it? Mm. And as the club have said, we need to be in Europe. We, we we can't not try and say oh we're going to compete with the top four and not be in Europe year in year out whether it's Champions League or Europa League so expectations for me just strong end of the season and give Ancelotti time to assess the side and who he wants and who he wants to get rid of if Europe comes great if we finish 10th whatever we've sacked the manager gone through Duncan Ferguson this caretaker ended up with Carlo Ancelotti 
let's just rebuild for next season. I mean, for this season, me personally, my expectations are just at a, after last night at a complete low. Just, just as in like we could obviously still finish in Europe, but I'm just making it, you know, so that I don't expect anything. Whatever else I can't is be, positive. I can't be disappointed then, can yeah, I? Yeah, you should never expect anything with Everton. Exactly. <laughs> you know, if Everton was your girlfriend and she kept cheating on you like that, you, you would never go back with her, would you? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, all right, well, we'll call an end to the podcast there because there's only so much I can talk about last <laughs> night before I want to slip my wrists. Um, so, lads, thank you for coming on. It's yeah. uh, It has shared me up slightly, to be fair. Like I say, it is it is good therapy and good talking think about of it. Think of the positives. Think of the No, I, I, am, I am thinking of the positives, but if we'd have gone to eighth last night after that 2-0 win, You're I buzzing. would have been bouncing. I would have been like two points off, like say, two points off fifth. Um you know, we, we played the likes play. of United are coming up. We played the likes of Watford. We can take points off them. Now we're just back in the mix with everyone. And it is disappointing. And only time is going to tell now against Watford how we're going to yeah. react, aren't we? Which is disappointing because we haven't got a game coming up on Saturday, Sunday. We've got to wait now. Um, to the first. You know, a, week, a week and a half, isn't yeah. it? Um, so I'm doing the DIY on Saturday, Sunday. I don't know about what you're doing, but Where? staying away from all <laughs> football matters. Um, and I'll get back onto it um, next week. Um, with probably a Wofford preview for the fan podcast. So, Gary, thank you for coming on. Connor, thank you for coming on. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street fan podcast on the Royal Blue Acast and iTunes channel. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.